Have you ever worked out your faith and where these areas of your life, they challenge you? Do you make the decision either to be downhearted or do you start with praise? Well, that is exactly what we're going to talk about today as we get started into this podcast. You've joined us with Steve and Eddie, and uh, we are with you here today at Crossroads 98 Podcast. We're so glad that you're here, and uh, right across from me is uh, my old buddy and pal, uh, Eddie Hammond. Glad to see you today. Thank you, Steve. We are live and in color. We are in color. Uh, it's all right. I, hope I mean, black and white, you got some gray on, but we're still in color. <laughs> and then, and you got your Dodgers hat Dodgers on again. Hat. The face of Ohio he is, Valley he is, Gas would be happy. He has turned uh, turned to rooting for a team that is actually doing well this year. <laughs> the Cubbies had been doing well, um, but just not this year. My goodness, that blew well, up. That was and crazy. We talk about color. I had cataract surgery, and I'm waiting for my eye to focus. And color starting to come through a little better. So one of these days, I... I uh, you got the we'll, other one we'll coming up, to, in right? No, in the first week of November is the second eye, and uh, yeah, uh, well, that'll be that'll be good. I, um, you can start going around. I can see clearly yeah, exactly now. Right. I couldn't even see my computer. Hardly. Is gone. I couldn't see my computer. <laughs> well, we well, had I'm glad. A, a glad. Good bishop Sam Lewis was here. Yes, he was indeed, the bishop himself, and in fact. Uh, the drummer, San Luis, uh, actually uh, <laughs> decided to go ahead and say, Brother, uh, where's your drummer today? And I said, well, that's a story. Multi-faceted. So uh, we had, we had uh, multiple drummers, uh, one sick, one that had to work, and then another one that was away. And, uh, and so I didn't want to bug Sam with dual action on Sunday morning. And he said, come on. He says, that's more natural to me than anything else. He says, I'll, I'll drum up for you. And I said, so all right, jump up in there, buddy. So start a second service. I didn't see Sam at his table. I, oh, man, I hope he didn't get sick and leave. And I got to looking around and up there behind the drum shield sits Bishop Lewis with drumsticks in his hands. Oh, and he's going to town. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know where he was at at first. I, I started to get concerned about him. I need to make sure that I, I communicate those last-minute decisions with you. <laughs> well, I, I should be astute enough to look around and see that I, I didn't see him. Well, that, that banshee or that uh, drum shield that is uh, around the drums, it kind of gets shimmery back there. So yeah, you can't, really you can't, can't really see the see guy it. very good. No. But uh, we had a great time with him. He, he just fills in so nice. And uh, we just appreciate his heart, uh, his love for uh, Jesus. And, um, uh, just well, and his, in the uh, uh, immortal words of William, Captain William Snodgrass, it's good to hear a good sermon on occasion. <laughs> so God bless you, Bill. <laughs> and uh, that's true. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a, an excellent idea to have different speakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it adds, because we're all different. We all bring a different little uh, twist to the message and whatever. Uh, one of my friends up north, when he started his church, he, he preached four years and never took a day off. Sheesh. I told him he's a robot or something. He yeah, couldn't be human. That's but pretty... I think it's it's good for the congregation to hear somebody else. Mm -hmm. It is. So, But anyhow, that's my... That's my 10 cents for the day. And that's well, what I was always concerned about on Sunday morning when we were off, when we weren't having church. Yeah. 
I, I put myself in my people's place and say, let's see, do I want to listen to Eddie or Andy Stanley or <laughs> T.D. Jakes? You know, that'd be a, that'd have been, even myself, that might have been a, a big toss-up for me. But uh, I, I think 80% of being the body of Christ and the church experience is seeing your brothers and sisters. Yeah, it really is. With them. It's relationships. Yeah. I don't think it's, it, the others really, the music and the message is, is important, but that's not the main focus, I think. Of, and that's what I miss is people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's so important that we keep reminding everybody to stay connected. When we say that, it, it is of the responsibility of each of us as a part of Crossroads and of this community that we take the initiative to go ahead and and let the Holy Spirit nudge you and, and say, yeah. oh, I haven't talked to, let's just use Bill, Captain Bill, for example. I haven't talked to Bill and Karen for a while. I'm going to call yeah. them up or I'm going to text them, see how yeah. they're doing today. Yeah. And, and so just yeah, continue that connection. But then when we get to do it corporately, it's really great. And it's valuable when, uh, and, and we're talking about speakers, but that locality and mixing it up, keeping it fresh and, um, and allowing that to happen. But it's, there's nothing like the body coming together and continuing to to work through these things focused on Jesus and uh, allowing his love to just shine through. Well, sure. and, and we had a de- devotion this week. Oh, it was a Scottish guy talking or whatever, but he was talking about sermons that when you go to church as pastors, um, preaching in such a way that it amazes people. But, man, when you preach every Sunday, that's hard. It's hard to do. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that every Sunday is, is, is a challenge to stay fresh and creative, like you said. But when you bring in new people, it adds to that. Mm-hmm. So me and this other guy was harassing each other about being, I said, man, you amaze me. You just amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, Jesus should amaze us. That's right. And regardless who's speaking, that's right. the Word of God should amaze us. That's yeah. the point. And that's good because when you talked about connecting, that that's what that's what Bishop Lewis was talking about in James 5, yeah. was this whole, that's connectedness right there, yeah. connected to Christ and connected to each other. Well, Eddie, why don't we get started on it and read that scripture, and then I'll pray, right. and we'll get right into it. James 5, 13 to 16, great passage of scripture. He's asking the question, are any among you suffering? Or King James says, is anybody sick? They should keep on praying about it, and those who have reason to be thankful should continually sing praises to the Lord. They're talking about having trouble. Are you troubling? Are you praying about that trouble? And are you, are you thankful? Start to sing praises. And a lot of times when we pray, it will bring us in to go beyond our troubles to, to sing mm-hmm. songs of praise. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for this podcast that goes out. Um, and we just ask that you would just uh, let our words and our meditations, our thoughts, be acceptable to you. It's so important, Lord, that we lay them before you and let your Holy Spirit fill this room so that you're glorified, magnified in everything we say and do. So we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, it's very interesting on in how God works, and He does work ahead of things. And even before 
uh, a full week, five days to, to a full seven days ahead of this, God had been um, tapping us, tapping you, tapping me, tapping um, even Dizzy, uh, uh, Diane, as, as she had led worship uh, the week, weekend that I was away. And um, the scripture she brought f- uh, from, from um, Philippians, is that right? I was trying to remember. We shared this the other day. Yeah. And then Stacy got nudged by something, and it was all interrelated. And guess what it was all about? Praise. Yeah. Praise and prayer and what we need to do to give this all out. And, and, it's, and, then, and then Sam, without discussion of any of us, comes up, and he's like, here's the message. <laughs> and it's right along the lines of all of this. And, man, just God knows exactly the where how and how to put this and, and with that connecting i didn't reach 16 confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great powerful and wonderful results right and he said that's where we we fail in that connectedness that's it yeah it when we when we do uh, when we stay uh connected we stay healthy because when we it's not just connected with one another we first must stay connected to the vine. Yeah, that's it. And then from that, we are the branches. So therefore, as we stay connected to one another in the spirit of love and in the spirit of God, Jesus Christ, he does all of these things. And and uh, when Sam was, was speaking, he was talking about what 16 right there, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We, we began to open up. He began to open that up a little bit yeah. more. And uh, he talked to us about some very specific sins that are out there. Um, you know, things that we've even talked about on the, on the podcast here. But I think that he was just being led by the Holy Spirit on Sunday as we began to talk about those things. But he, he, would talk, he talked about gossiping, talked about pornography. He talked about um, the, the family sins, for instance, um, what's happening within your family, right? Is mm-hmm. there one that's caused sin against you? You know, how do you how do you ask for forgiveness if you're the one giving, you know, doing the hurt and the harm or how do you forgive one another, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what he was beginning to talk about. There was a response uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, how God uh, just really connected with our hearts and there was many that that responded Sunday morning yeah. to to um come to the altar or even from their seat and um, man it was just such a neat thing because I think people do forget that in this midst of challenges in these trials even right now even where we're at with COVID even with this whole um, the challenges of you gotta wear a mask and I am not wearing a mask and you got to take a vaccination, and I'm not getting the vaccination. And there's a lot of fighting and bickering within the body. Being able to come back down in unity and letting the Lord hear our praises. He's like, "Whoa, kids, settle down. You you know who's you know who's in charge here, don't you?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? We have to keep coming back to that and giving my praise. So you mentioned it. You mentioned about how pastors even have a challenge of keeping connected at times because we're like, okay, you gotta go study, gotta get prepped, gotta get creative, gotta get ready, and when we find our 
our one-on-one, our quiet time with God. It's amazing, and I know you know this too. Every time that we get overwhelmed and we go back to the quiet place, mm-hmm. He restores our soul. He renews, it refreshes. This is the revision or the vision and the creativity. Yeah. He always is on time, isn't He? Yeah, always. So, you know, um, our our thoughts with this passage is to to really uh, dig into it, uh, really connect with it, folks. Um, get your get the Bible out, get the get the phone out, and look on the Word uh, or the or the U uh, Version app, and and get in there. Maybe even check out some other translations on how that is brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I love to go to the message as you do as well. And look over those scriptures, and um, and read, and let it just sink in on what we need to do, and use as a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. You got anything else there about? Well, I I was thinking about when we talk about healing. Um, some Sam alluded to that. that there's not very many believers that do this call for the elders of the church. Right. They just don't do it. I don't know why they don't believe it or... Well, I think that it maybe it's a con- continue to connect with them to let them know that that is available. God does do healings. Sometimes he chooses not to, but that's him. But it still doesn't... It shouldn't hamper us of going to the throne. And here's another element to this, to study, if you would... Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were hammering about who he seen and who he didn't see, and on and on. And Jesus said, "I have come, I have come to minister to the sick, not the healthy." And it's interesting to note in the Greek in which that was written, the word "sick" is nosia, and it means sick in the mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. He is interested more than anything else in our spiritual life. He tells us to take care of our body. Mm-hmm. He only get one. Right. You only get one body. If you abuse that body, I've never. He could do it. I've never seen God give somebody a new set of of lungs unless it's a transplant. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to restore yours that you've ruined. Yeah, unless he's going to use it, right? Unless <laughs> he's going to use unless it he's going to use it somewhere for his glory. To, to design a testimony to where it is so specific. But you're, you're right. It's these old bodies where this temple. I'm, I'm in just with the, some of the surgeries and stuff that I'm, I'm starting to have now at 71, I realize my body's wearing out. I don't have the eyes of a 20-year-old. I mean, it's just, it's just natural. It's the way that it is. And as we get older, it really comes to light how well we have taken care of our bodies. But Jesus is concerned about our spiritual life, about our soul. Because if we are right with Christ and the Holy Spirit is working in us and we're living the fruit of the Spirit, regardless of the state of our physical condition, we will be okay. Mm -hmm. Because there are tons of people that physically are disabled, but their spirit is jumping and full of adventure and it's alive yeah i mean that is the point and i i think that's the that's the that's the point here and and confessing your sins to each other i mean that that's venting it's getting us get to get off our chest you sure we pray to god and we pray but i think a lot of times you need to bounce that stuff off of people i i think the danger is that 
we've been burnt and we it, it's hard for us to trust people man to find somebody that you trust that even if it's another prayer partner or whatever we we all need that but i don't i think the there's a disconnect we talk about connecting a lot and uh, that conference that we just had in West Lafayette, that's always talking about churches and even pastors and their congregations disconnect. They're not. So, you know, pro- church has problems. Every church has problems. And we, you try to get together and pray about it and bring those to. But it, it is. And like you said before, it, it's connecting to Christ and then to each other and then trying to get those feelers out, those connectors out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um well, speaking of, of these areas, um, in October, we are working uh, right now, uh, mid-October, uh, actually um, coming up into uh, the second, uh, anyway, in October, we're going to be creating um, a way that you can get connected with small groups that are going to go ahead and connect ourselves better. Uh-huh. So those small groups can look differently. Some of them are going to be home groups. Some of them are going to be uh, groups on uh, that, that will be able to um, be highlighted through, um, you know, even uh, texts and vo- yeah. uh, things of this nature. And, but, but we are going to create connecting fibers so that crossroads and the body of Christ can grow stronger. So as we are developing that and, and getting ready to present that to you, uh, folks, just be so prayerful yeah. about that. Uh, help us uh, as the Holy Spirit has been leading and guiding into this area. And what an exciting time as uh, the pastors are coming together on this here at Crossroads to get this ready. We've got um, couples and, and uh, individuals working on that with us right now, and we're excited about that. And so that connecting part where we're going to be able to be a little bit more transparent or to at least learn to be able to be that way as we develop these relationships. Um, It'll be one that will grow, and it will start off with the Scriptures, the Word of God, um, transforming and and renewing our lives and guiding us through this whole process. So uh, be praying about that, be thinking about that, and, uh, man, it's exciting times. Um, many, Many would say, I don't see how this can be exciting times. We've got all this stuff in the world. Yeah, that's the world. We're not of the world. Exactly. God says we are separate to be from uh, from the word of the Lord and to, to be a part of him and connected that way and therefore set apart while we're in it to con- continue to bring the freedom and the love uh, of Christ to those that don't know it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, we transition from that, the working of faith, the working of staying connected to one another. Uh, uh, You know, I was just reading from, and I'm going to just finish up that thought on that by reading the last part in the 16th verse of that James 5 from the message. It says this, make this your common practice. Mm -hmm. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Man, that's cool. Make it a common practice to do these things. <laughs> God is good. Well, transitioning from that into uh, this coming week, weekend, rather, uh, Chasing the Wind, Part 2. 
you're bringing that message to us, Pastor. And uh, let's just give them a little bit of an overview of of what you're going to be bringing them. Well, it, you try to get things to, like you said, connect and tie in. You know, our motto, it's on our bulletin every week, you crossroads a place to find direction in a confusing world. And what you just mentioned, it, <laughs> for a lot of people, it is a confusing world. Amen. We have so many messages coming from different places. King Solomon, uh, apart from Christ, was the wisest man in the world. Now, I always think about if God personally came to us in an audible voice and said, you know, Steve, what can I give you? What do you want? What do you need? Mm -hmm. what, what the first thing, if he did it to all of us as believers, what the first thing, well, you know, Lord, I'd like to have a Lexus. Or, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the, but Solomon didn't do that. This is this is an amazing thing. First Kings chapter three seven through fourteen because we're in we started the book of Ecclesiastes where we're at. But I, I think this is kind of a prelude uh, in seven through fourteen. First Kings three. This is Solomon speaking. O Lord my God, now you have made me king instead of my father David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am among your own chosen people, a nation so great there are two numbers to count. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong, for who by himself is able to govern this great nation of yours? The Lord was pleased with Solomon's reply and was glad that he had asked for wisdom. So God replied, replied Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people and have not asked for a long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding mind such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. Mm. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and honor. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my commandments as your father David did, I will give you a long life. This happened in a dream. But we find out that hum Solomon was human like us. Um, he made many wrong choices. The book of Ecclesiastes is the story of the life struggle lived out loud. The teacher speaking as if he doesn't believe in the goodness of God. The point he's making is when you have a negative view of life, this is where you end up lacking faith in God and his great goodness. So that's, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. We get in a, a rut. Swindoll said a rut was a grave with both ends kicked out. But the monotonous drag of everyday life is an undeniable fact of reality. To verify it, all you need to do is look around. How many people do you know who wake each morning motivated about the day? It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> How many individuals can you name who genuinely enjoy their occupation or anticipate a new week with delight? Who feel challenged and excited about their marriage or consistently insert creative ideas and activities into their days to keep life full of zest and enthusiasm. Aside from a few exceptions, most people merely exist with a quiet yet pervasive sense of desperation. You know, it's like the Rose said, most men lead lives of des desperation, and that's what they are. They don't see any future in their job or hope for their marriage or lack of challenges for pursuit. It, it's the, it was the conclusion of Solomon who saw the true vanity of human existence as to be lived out under the sun. And he said, life is like chasing the wind because you can't ever catch it. Mm -hmm. It's invisible. You, don't, you can't catch it. So when we get into this, I'm, I want to expose four lies the, 
the, the world without God tells us about life. And the first one is this. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Cry and you cry alone. Actually, the opposite's true. People tend to rally when tragedy strikes, but hesitate to glory in the success of others. Hmm. It's hard. And when I hear that, when people are yammering and, and being nagging on somebody because they bought something or they have something, I said you'd feel better if you felt good for them, mm-hmm. felt happy for them. Amen. <laughs> Here's the second one. Every day is day. Every day in every way, our world is getting better and better. That's a, that's a, uh, not even being negative. That can't be true, because it's not. Because we're going toward the end. All creation groans. They're groaning, groaning for the new birth, which will come when Christ comes, and we'll get a new heaven and a new earth. Here's the third lie. There's a light at the end of every tunnel. What we usually find is not more light, but mistier fog and greater darkness. We 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 try to stay positive and say. But when somebody is diagnosed with terminal cancer, they don't see a light. No. Hopefully, if there's a follower of Christ, there's the light of heaven or the light of eternity. But right in that in that mix, I think we try to cheer people up with that. But that's you've got to help people real realize that it's reality and to help them deal with that reality. Mm-hmm. And in the last lie is things never are as bad as they seem. So dream, dream, dream. It's the whole thing on, on, and I agree with that being, about being positive, but um, here's a basic premise. After identifying himself as the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, the writer goes on to give us his overall assessment of life. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. In Hebrew literature, words are repeated for emphasis. What Solomon is saying here could be put this way. All is utterly vain, completely empty, absolute zero. All of our work, all of our labors lived under the sun yield no advantage. So that is how he sees. That's how he sees life. Mm. In James chapter four, going back to you know we talked about James chapter five, but there's a passage out of four when it talks about what is your life. Here's four examples of futility, and James is saying this. Generations come and go, but nothing really changes. The sun rises and sets and hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and north here and there, twisting back and forth, getting nowhere. The rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and floats again to the sea. Everything is so weary and tiresome. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. What can you point to that is new? How do you know it didn't already exist long ago? We don't remember what happened in those former times. And in further generations, no one will remember what we're doing now. So that you could... <laughs> that's the examples that he's expounding on what Solomon said. The passing of generations, he talks about that. He talks about the cycles of nature, the curiosity of man in the absence of something new. I think people fail to acknowledge the absence of newness because they don't remember former events and accomplishments. I think that's another tragedy within the concept of the within the body of Christ is we don't maybe we don't celebrate our victories enough. Right. 
we pass over them and move on, waiting for the next one, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's so important, isn't it? I mean, to to uh, otherwise, if we live like Solomon, and and I, and I say this, if we and, and we can discuss this more next week. You know, when once you've um, preached on this and what the Lord has brought to you, but if we were to lament everything and think, well, if this is the way that it is, I might as well just give up. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly I might as right. well just. I don't, I don't need to do anything. I mean, if I'm in Jesus, then I'm promised the whole, I'm promised heaven. Why would I do anything more? Yeah. Well, Satan, that's a trick by the enemy. Yeah, that's for sure. Because when we get to lamenting, uh, the Lord says, "Ah, lift up your eyes towards the heavens. Yeah. Lift your eyes to me, from where your help comes from, for I am the one that lifts you up. I am the one." See, so as we gain this from James and we gain this information from Solomon, if we empty ourselves and then let the Lord fill us, He is able to renew us yeah. daily, even, and then to celebrate the joys and the victories in which He is showing that those those areas of whether someone's baptized or whether it's somebody that that testified about. Uh, even even our our brother Joe uh, Mantella, how he's how he's man, he was bad off, yeah. and how he's gaining yeah, his strength. Linda's back. sick now, and Linda, so, we, and so our prayers. Right? There's been there's, he's yes. in the hospital, and so we've we've got yeah. these areas in which we need to pray and gather around in prayer, but in confidence and saying, Father, you know, we have seen your hand upon these people. We know that you are able to heal. And in so, and then when we then we go about our ways, whether it's celebrating those those answered prayers, or whether it's a a birth of a baby, yeah. for instance, you know that that new life, celebrating these joys, celebrating these these areas, so that reminds us that God is still at work, and the testimonies go on. You know, wow, they'll know us. They'll know that we are Christians by our love. And how do we prevail? Because of our testimony mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. A couple of thoughts come out of that and, and out of this study with, with Solomon. <clears throat> One is if there's nothing but nothing under the sun, our only hope must be above it. Mm. Just as we are born with the need to satiate our hunger, so we have an innate need to find purpose and value in life. And we have to go beyond the despair and the frustration of life and find that in Christ. Amen. We have to rise above it. That's it. He gives us that power. And in the second second observation, if a man who had everything investigated everything visible and found nothing of value, then the one thing he needed must have been invisible. Like Solomon, we could explore every visible realm of stimulation and still find no satisfaction. Can we have joy? Exactly. The visible world was created to erect us to the one who desires to abundantly satisfy our thirst for contentment, the invisible God and Jesus Christ our mm, Lord. Mm. God in the flesh. God with skin on. He showed us. So now I'm, I'm going to read Matthew 6. I'm going to read it now, but I, I'm, that's where, kind of where I'm going with that. Well, that's great. And then I'm going to end up with John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus replied, People soon became become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them takes away thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Mm. That was him with the lady at the well of Samaria. And then I asked the question, are you spiritually thirsty? You know, so 
chasing the wind. <laughs> and I, that was funny. I just I heard Bob Seger's song "Against the Wind." Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the lyrics of that song. I was looking at that this morning. On, Isn't that interesting? On, on on Google, "Against the Wind." He starts out young and living his whole life, and then at the end, he's still living against the wind. He hadn't discovered what he needed to discover, I guess. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, that's great. That's where we're headed. Well, looking forward to that this Sunday. And uh, Pastor, have a word of prayer with us over this whole area, would you? Lord, we love you. And uh, we just pray our faith is, is strong. And it, as we pray here, if we these words find people that their faith is not strong, that they might even pause right now and ask, for you to strengthen it, become more alive in their life and give them instruction, Holy Spirit, on how to do that and, and, and what to do and how to live. And Lord, we do, we slack off way too much sometimes uh, what the scripture tells us and how we should live and then we pay the price in a lot of different ways. So I just pray that you might encourage these listeners and strengthen them right now, Holy Spirit, and just let them know how much you mean uh, to God the Father. So we, we thank you for that. And Lord, as we think about this message coming up with chasing the wind and how what our view of life is how we perceive it what we value oh, and again it all comes down to where you are in our life where do we place uh, Christ where, where do we place the power of the Holy Spirit within us so uh, I pray that that might be strengthened as well Lord thank you for church we do pray for all those we've mentioned today and all the others that are struggling with the virus and those that have other different uh, maladies and things going on in their life. Uh, I think we all got trouble to a degree. It's just how we deal with it. So mm. I just lift these things up to you. Thanks for this time, Lord. Just, just thank you for Steve. And um, We just give you all the praise and the glory. We ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. We hope that uh, you've gleaned some insight from God's Word today as we brought that to you. But um, continue to stay connected every day. Every day, take some time to be in the Word, renewing your strength and uh, letting Him pour over you. What a wonderful way. Uh, I love to do it in the morning. I think the morning time is a fantastic time to do it. Get you started in the right direction and uh, keeps you humming throughout the day. So uh, we'll be back with you this next week. But until then, we'll just, uh, for now, say goodbye. So we'll see you then.